Nothing's calm. Thank you for being a friend. Travels down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. Good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. We're going to talk a little bit differently about social media today, and I am so excited about my guest. I actually asked him several months ago, and you know, it's it's really going to be one of those fun programs. So uh, let me first give a brief introduction of my guest. Uh, today we have with us Vic Reynolds, who is the Cobb County, Georgia District Attorney. And I have to say, this is the most unassuming bio I think I have ever been provided by my guests. You know, I love Vic. He is just so humble. But here is the coolest part about his bio. The very first two lines. He is married for over 30 years to his beautiful wife, Holly, and he has two daughters, ages 24 and 20. So clearly, Vic has his priorities in order because his family comes first. But let me go ahead and and finish the rest of his bio, which I said is very unassuming. So, Vic, I've done a little bit more research because I want to brag about you just a little bit more. (laughs) I promise all good stuff, all good stuff. So, um, he is, uh, Vic is a member of the Marietta First Presbyterian Church. He is also a member of the Marietta Kiwanis, Marietta Business Association, where I see him every single month. It's very important to him to be active in the community. He is a member of the Cobb Chamber of Commerce, the State Bar of Georgia, the Cobb County Bar Association, He graduated from Georgia Southern University and then the Georgia State College of Law. He's a former police officer, a former assistant district attorney in Fulton, which is Atlanta itself, and Cobb Counties. He's a former chief magistrate judge of Cobb County, and this is where I'm going to brag on him a little bit. He was appointed as a chief magistrate judge, but when he ran for re-election, he won over 72% of the vote. And as chief magistrate, he was uh, he presided over the Cobb County Drug Court. In 1999, Vic left the bench and began a, a private law practice focusing on criminal law. Um, so he is a former partner in Barry and Reynolds Law Firm. And then, of course, he was elected Cobb County District Attorney, and he just took office this January. So, again, welcome, Vic. How are you? Deb, I'm great. Thank you so much for that gracious introduction, oh. and uh, it's a pleasure and honor to be with you this morning. Thank you. You know, I really have been looking forward to this. And part of this is just because, you know, I I hearken back to the days of Paul Harvey and his stupid mm-hmm. criminal stories, and now, of course, we have <laughs> stupid social media stories with criminals, but we want to talk about far more than that. So first, you know, for, for people who can't tell by listening, you are a Georgia native. Have you ever lived anywhere else? You know, Deb, I haven't. I'm, I was uh, born up in Floyd County, uh, Rome, Georgia, which is mm-hmm. about 70 miles northwest of where we are, where I am mm-hmm. now in Cobb, and smaller textile mill village. Um uh, mm-hmm. My father worked in uh, a textile mill, and our life centered around those mill villages. You went to school there, and you bought groceries there, and you had a drugstore there. And uh, it's a great place to live. My mother um, worked uh, uh, for the local newspaper for 42 years. Wow. and uh uh, born and raised there. My family is still there. In fact, I spent yesterday with my mom and dad, knock on wood, they're doing great. Oh, and, uh, 
So I've lived in Georgia my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I am getting just a little bit of a drawl. I actually said y'all the other day, and oh, bless your heart to somebody. You know, so but but I've only lived here for a year, um, a little mm-hmm. over a year now. But tell our listeners a little bit about Cobb County before we really delve into this, because sure. I'm, I am a resident of Cobb County. I'm very proud to be a resident of Cobb County, but mm-hmm. it's a very large county, correct? It, it is, Deb. We're, we're blessed here. It's a great county. Uh, metropolitan Atlanta, for those who are not familiar with it, uh, the metropolitan area primarily consists of five uh, counties. Uh, the city, the proper city limits of Atlanta are located within Fulton County, which is in the center of those five counties. Cobb is the northwest county. In other words, if you were in the city of Atlanta and drove 22, 25 miles northwest of the city, you would be in Cobb County. Mm-hmm. Cobb is often referred to as, as a suburban or even a bedroom community of, of Atlanta, but it's a big county. We have over 720,000 citizens who live here in Cobb. So uh, it, it's a big, booming county for years. It was one of the fastest-growing counties, not only in the state, but in the entire nation. And mm-hmm. uh, it's an affluent county. It's generally on, uh, it's the point of the spear as our economy turns around in this state. And uh, we're very blessed. It's a good county. Uh, um, educated folks live here. Uh, we, we see the gamut of virtually anything economically, but as a general rule, it's a uh, it's it's a great place to live, great place to raise a family, and I've been very honored to be part of this community for 30 years now. Right. Now, if I remember right, I heard something from the Cobb Chamber that said that Cobb County itself is actually bigger than Rhode Island. Is that correct? It, it actually is. In fact, <laughs> um, we were out speaking, and, and we'll we'll dwell on this a little bit further, I'm sure, during the hour, but we were... Uh, uh, we had an occasion to be at a uh, statewide gang investigators conference mm-hmm. last week, and we were commenting that Cobb alone is larger than several western states. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, it's amazing. And you, you know, when you sit here and you, you go from one end of the county to the other, it, you realize how, how big it is and how busy it is. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a very populated county. Well, and the reason I wanted to, to, you know, make sure that our listeners knew that is there are a lot of counties in Georgia, or yeah, in Georgia itself, but, you know, Cobb County really is very big. And so the fact that it's bigger than several states really shows just how how big um, the district attorney's office is and the police department because, you know, it's not just it's not that you're managing a county, which you are, but you're managing something the size of a state. So it really speaks to the fact that there's a lot of work here that that gets done. You know, one of the one of the factors or numbers I I frequently throw out when I'm speaking to civic groups and 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 this is coming from just having run a campaign through Mm -hmm. Uh, a portion of 2011, all of 2012 until the election last summer. This county alone, Cobb alone, has more constituents inside of our county than 65% of the congressional districts throughout the country. So that would give you some idea of how large it is. And it's an interesting fact, too, in that east of the Mississippi, Georgia has more counties than any state. We have 159 counties. Some of them are very, very small. At our uh, DA conference last week, we were chatting. Some of my cohorts around the state somehow six to eight counties within their own circuit Mm -hmm. that they have to uh, uh, govern. But even Mm -hmm. the ones that have six to eight counties have a much smaller population than we do here in our singular county of Cobb. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really does amaze me that it is that big. You know, when I moved here from Denver, people had said, you know, Atlanta was pretty large. And Atlanta itself, with the, you know, the whole metropolitan area, is about six million people. So it is a very mm-hmm. large metropolitan area. Um, I, I still am perpetually lost, and I think I probably always will be. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm definitely knowing my way around Cobb County. Well, if you if you can ever manage to learn every street with the with the word Peachtree in it, you'll be doing well because there are a ton of them. And uh, you know, one of the things too you mentioned a moment ago, this DA, the office that that I'm in, and been very blessed to 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 run at least for the next four years. Uh, you know, we have 111 folks who work here, and. Uh, Comparatively speaking to, to other, when I look at other counties our size, that's still a much smaller DA's office than, than most of the counties with, with a, with a similar population, but it's still a large office. I have 40 lawyers who work for me and, uh, and so it's, uh, it's busy. I tell folks I'm just now after six or seven months feel, uh, beginning to feel like I'm not herding cats all the time, but it's, uh, it's, it's a great office and a really, really interesting job. Right. Now, I know that you use social media, so let's, let's go back into mm-hmm. our, our focus here. So you, lo- you use social media for your campaign, but mm-hmm. right now there's a Cobb County Facebook page, but not, not one yet for the district attorney's office, am I correct? Yeah, let me tell you what we're actually doing mm-hmm. now, and, and I'll tell you a little bit about how I became uh, much more familiar with, I won't quite say comfortable yet, but familiar <laughs> with social media. Uh, having raised two daughters, you know, 20 and 24, who mm-hmm. grew up with that technology, they're so comfortable with it, Deb. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you see that, and you know, we, we spoke mm-hmm. of that before, and that generation, uh, having two of those girls at home kind of helped me bring me, uh, in, into that digital age a little bit more. And when we decided to run, for district attorney, one of the first things you do, particularly in a county of this size, if you're going to run um, what I would consider to be a viable campaign, is you reach out to professional political consultants and you say, help me, help me get elected. And so de- during the campaign throughout 2011, particularly 2012, we had a very active Facebook and, and web page for the mm-hmm. campaign. And I began to see that um, it, it th- in the future politically and and with with virtually any type of business but certainly with politics that that that's that's the way you reach the mass of people now uh, the old school way and we still do it some of of doing mail outs where where somebody gets a hard copy of something in front of them is something that candidates are are, are still reluctant to walk away from right. but but I will tell you tell you unequivocally that that being able to hit a button and reach thousands of people with with a mail out with notice that I'm having a campaign fundraiser a certain date was certainly something we utilized. It, it's not the wave of the future. It's been here, and mm-hmm. uh, and so that helped me understand through through my consultants and and on a personal note through both my daughters that when they said, Dad, you need to do this, and uh, and it and it worked well for us. And mm-hmm. and based upon that, we realized when we got here that we needed to have a much more active, viable social media presence. And we're actually now uh, in the process of retooling every bit of that. In fact, by September 1, we'll have uh, not only a very active uh, 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 page where people can go online, draw down any applications, uh, packets to get into version programs, things of that nature mm-hmm. that we have on there, but we'll have an active uh, DA Facebook by September 1 cool. as well. Well, you always know a consultant that you can call. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd be more than happy to help. You know, but, but one of the things that you mentioned, I think is very important. You mentioned the fact that you still send out mailers. And to me, mm-hmm. you know, in a campaign, you're, it's simply marketing. You know, you're marketing yourself and, mm-hmm. and your, your views mm-hmm. as opposed to marketing a product or service. And I think some businesses tend to forget that there are still people, you know, that aren't connected to Facebook. We do have, you know, uh, a bit of an older demographic here in Cobb County where we probably have mm-hmm. people who aren't on Facebook. So, you know, I think it's great that people need to remember that they have to have a variety of ways to reach people. Um, you know, and, and you never know. We could log into Facebook tomorrow and Mr. Zuckerberg is going to decide what it looks like, but uh, you know, or, or how we reach people. So I think it really is mm-hmm. something where we have to, to reach out to so many people. Um, I, I agree. I, I, I noticed that particularly during the campaign, th- these consultants are so good. They have, they, they will they will target a, a certain demographic. For example, mm-hmm. if uh, and, and your 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 list your local listeners may know this, but some of the other listeners may not realize that in a county this size. We may target, for example, the eastern section of the county. We may say mm-hmm. in East Cobb, we believe that the majority of these folks uh, are, uh, according to our demographics and our numbers, are college educated. They have access mm-hmm. to the internet. They're on the Facebook. Therefore, we need to uh, uh, hit that area through through social media. We may say mm-hmm. in South Cobb, well, the demographics are, are an older population where we don't believe social media, although there w- wouldn't be quite having quite the presence it would. In other areas, we may focus uh, actual uh, old school mail outs to that mm-hmm. area. So you break it down literally to sometimes to zip codes that you're looking mm-hmm. at right. uh, in, a, in a campaign. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there are there is still still that practical use of, of the of, of the older mail mm-hmm. outs. Although I will tell you, we're 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 getting away from it quickly. Well, we and you are. know. Obviously, one of the the primary reasons for that is simply cost. You know, now there's I, I tell people, you know, just because Facebook is free doesn't mean there's not a cost to it because it's still your mm-hmm. time. But clearly, there's a big difference when you're talking about you know a four color mailer and postage and you know having to buy lists and and things like that. But you know, I I think it's so fun to watch now how especially law enforcement is embracing social media you know whether it's you know during a campaign or you know once they're they're elected or maybe it's a, a police department I had had sent you a link to this page that I was alerted to by another one of my Facebook friends, and I think it's the coolest page in the world. It's it's the Brimfield Police Department, and they mm-hmm. are in Ohio. They have eighty thousand people who follow this page, and it's primarily done by the the posts are primarily done by the chief of police when he's not posting. Somebody else identifies themselves with you know what they're doing. And he's really using this as a way to reach out to the community. So he's talking to people about, you know, the, the uh, safety programs that they have going on. He also talks about the drug mm-hmm. arrests because it sounds like the, the area, you know, is a little shaky on occasion. You know, so he talks mm-hmm. about all of that. But it is a great way for him to get his message out there to people so that they really can can know what's going on in the community. Well, too, uh, it, it also, and I, I, I did get that link, and, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I went on and saw that page; it's a really interesting page. And and uh, w- one of the things it does as well is it, it's targeting a group of people, Deb, that um, 
that in, in, from a law enforcement perspective, you want to reach your younger demographics. You want to be able to reach out to that younger population and say, look, here's some good things we're doing. We're here to work with you, to work with the community, uh, to protect, to serve. And, uh, and it really is exciting to see, particularly police departments use that, that, that type mm-hmm. of social media because right. that's where the rub, rubber hits the road in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. It's these beat, having been a former cop and a beat cop, that's where the majority of contact with, with law enforcement comes into play. And mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that you know your, your population, you know your community, and they know what you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and the same with district attorneys. Um, you know, you're, you're getting your page up and going. I happen to follow the district attorney in Denver, Mitch Morrissey. I follow his page. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for any page like this, whether it's police, you know, district attorney, things like that, they do have to monitor it very carefully because you're going to have mm-hmm. people that post things that you don't want. Um, you know, and, and businesses can do the same thing. You know, if somebody uses language that isn't appropriate or, you know, all of those things, it's, it's perfectly acceptable to delete that information. But the, the Denver DA uses his page primarily to post about things that he's doing in the community, you know, just like the, the Brimfield Police Department does. And again, I think it's a really good way to reach out to people. It looks like, you know, people have also, you know, let him know in Denver, hey, there's this situation that's going on. They've invited him to events, you know, so it's, it's a very good way for people to, to reach out to folks. Yeah, I, I think it's a great way. What we intend on doing here, we're fortunate in this office in that we have, uh, and it's one of the, the recent po- folks we've brought on is a full-time PIO, a public information officer, and that mm-hmm. individual that we were fortunate enough to hire here has a, has a media background. Obviously, Perfect. she was a news mm-hmm. editor of a local mm-hmm. newspaper, and so she's going to be actually the one who who is on our Facebook and web page the majority mm-hmm. of time. And what our what we're going to do when we're up and running is we're going to put information on there. For, give you a great example. Last week, we had a statewide summer prosecutors conference. We have it every summer, mm-hmm. and it's a two-and-a-half-day event. And out of that event, uh, there were probably 15, 16 speakers, and, and five or six of those speakers came from this office. So we were very mm-hmm. honored that we were asked to do that. And that information, I was telling our PIO, is what this community needs to know. They need mm-hmm. to know, look, th- those prosecutors are not only doing what we, we envision a prosecutor doing, but they're going above and beyond. They're out in their community. They're speaking and teaching other prosecutors around the state, how to mm-hmm. make cases, how to prosecute cases, and and that's the type of information that we want on our page, and we'll have it, we'll have it up and running by September 1, and people will see that, and I think it's just a great way to tell the community mm-hmm. uh, and, and selfishly brag a little bit about the folks in the office right. and, mm-hmm. and let them know, and uh, and also about cases that are coming up. You know, we anytime we, we deal in cases, high-profile cases particularly, the the pre, you know the the, the community is interested and we have to be careful Deb we, you know there's some things we're constrained ethically mm-hmm, right. uh, mm-hmm. by, by the by the canons of of law practice what we can and can't say mm-hmm. but we certainly can inform people and and they need to know what's going on in their courthouse through their DA's office mm-hmm. I, I tell folks the DA is like the standard bearer of a community and so the community needs to know what that office is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that does bring up questions when you're talking about a case. You know, it, it used to be, and it still is, that we've always heard, you know, that the cases are tried in the media. 
Now, of mm-hmm. course, they're tried in social media. So, you know, do you find that there could be a problem with potential jurors or, you know, people like that where they're seeing posts that they really shouldn't see? And clearly this is where page has to be monitored um, and posts taken off that it shouldn't be there. But do you see that social media is changing how cases are tried, both positive and negative? Well, I, I, I think it is, and, and let me tell you what I mean by that. I've dealt in um, several high, what I would consider to be high-profile cases, and by that I mean cases that have been covered by national media. I've had cases on 2020 and Dateline and Court mm-hmm. TV and Snapped and things of that nature, and anytime you have a case of that nature, Deb, it changes the playing field to some extent. By, by that I mean when cameras come inside a courtroom, uh, it, 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 it tends to, to elevate people's interest in the case, uh, what they see and what they hear, and ultimately, ultimately that will have, has the potential to affect a jury pool. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the bottom line in any type of case, particularly one of, of, uh, of, of high interest, is whether or not that defendant, even as a prosecutor, my main concern is making sure that that defendant has the ability to receive a fair trial wherever right. he or she is being tried. Mm-hmm. And, and so anytime you have the ability to hit a, to click a button and to read about a case, then it, it very well can taint that individual juror's ability to be fair. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, what I'm seeing more and more of is, is you're, you're, you know, having been raised in a home where my mother was in the newspaper business for years, that's where you got the local news. You got a hard mm-hmm. copy of a newspaper, you opened it up, and either in the morning or afternoon, you read it. Uh, I've learned again from, from raising two daughters, they don't get their news that way, Deb. You know, they no. go online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and every bit of, you know, local news that they, they get right off of their, their iPad, their laptop, whatever it may be. And so sometimes in that environment, there may be information on there that isn't, uh, and, and not that all newspaper articles are, are fair and, 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 uh, and, and unbiased, but, but, but that's what the, the journalism ethics require. And sometimes online, we don't have that policing mm-hmm. done. Right. And you may have an individual who says, look, this person's guilty. This is why I know this person's guilty. And that may very well affect an individual's ability to be fair. And so in that regard, you certainly see social media as having the ability to affect a jury, a potential jury, and so when a when you're when you're striking or getting a jury, it's that judge's responsibility as well as the district attorney's to make sure that those individuals either don't know or haven't formed an opinion or can put it aside, and it certainly can be affected mm-hmm. by social media. Well, and you know, one of the things that that I've seen with social media is. You know, that, that we get so much information that sometimes we don't have the chance to check out whether it's valid or not. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's just the, the people posting on Facebook, hey, you know, the, the new privacy settings mean that everything's open to the world. No, they don't. But, you know, when, when enough people start posting, then it almost becomes fact. And I think we do have the, the situation too with people not understanding that there is a difference between, say, something that, that the, uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution uh, prints and maybe something that say a TMZ prints. You know, the, uh, there there is very different 
media. You know, there's entertainment media and then of course there's, there's real media. You know, I still remember, you know, uh, several years ago when we were in Roswell and, you know, where, where, you know, whether you believe it or not, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's always entertaining to go through Roswell and they had at one of the museums there, they had the headlines of the newspapers that, that were posted. And, you know, so of course it was one of the headlines was, you know, aliens land in Roswell, yada, yada, yada. And there were these two older women who were there reading this at the same time that, that I was. And one of them said, well, you know, what do you think? And the other woman literally said, well, they couldn't print it if it wasn't true. <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking, don't laugh, don't laugh, please. You know, I was trying really hard to, mm-hmm. to not laugh and, and walk away because I didn't want to offend them. But mm-hmm. now I see that so much just on, on social media because people, if they see it there, and especially if one of their friends who they trust or they respect has shared that information, then it's kind of an immediate assumption that it must be true. We, we see that every day. Um it's, I tease my wife sometimes, and I'll tell her if we're making a decision or involved in a case that's getting social media, uh, I'll tell her, don't read the blogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because some of the things that people put there, uh, and, and again, that's, that's, that's their right to do so. It just simply isn't true. And, and as an elected official, you know, you, you have to develop a thick skin. You realize that comes with the territory. But when it starts affecting the ability to carry out the business of a, of a criminal justice system the way it should, and by that I mean perhaps affecting a potential fair juror, then it's certainly something that has to be looked at and and considered. That's why judges are extremely adamant during a trial, even if it's, let's say that that there's a misdemeanor case that's going to take one day uh, or a death penalty case that's going to take three months. Every day you'll hear that judge admonish the jury and say, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, when you go home this evening, I do not want you to read anything about this case. I don't want you to go to social media. I don't want you to go on the Internet to read anything. And the reason why he or she's doing that is not to be restrictive or to limit somebody's ability to look at things. It's just so there won't be any possibility that that criminal defendant won't receive a fair trial, which is guaranteed to him. Constitutionally, right. mm-hmm. and 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 so it's a, it's something that we're dealing with. The system, Deb, uh, for those, and, and I hope most of you have never been in the system, most of your listeners. But if you have any involvement in the criminal justice system, be it a criminal matter, a civil lawsuit, a, a domestic situation, it's it's easy to to see, or you learn pretty quickly that the system doesn't react. Uh, as quickly as as we want it to on occasion it's it's a it's a system built on tradition it's a system built on well, this is the way we've done it for 200 years and so mm-hmm. social media and 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 the internet and things that change so rapidly it's tough for a criminal justice system to 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 adapt as quick as it should but i mm-hmm. but i will tell you without any doubt over the last five to six years, I've seen a tremendous change in, in the system and the way that it deals with social media. The way, e- even things as small as, as what I said a moment ago, a judge telling a jury. Mm-hmm. Used to, a judge would say, "Don't listen to the radio and don't read the right. paper." Mm-hmm. It, they don't mm-hmm. stop that and way that now. And that was that. Mm-hmm. That that was it. But now they go further and and admonish them not to not to get on the internet, not to use social media because they may very well see something that may not be true, that may not be held to an evidentiary standard the way it would in a court of law that may affect their ability to render a fair verdict. So interesting dynamics. Right. You know, and and I find it interesting that 
you know, it's, it, it's tricky because to tell somebody, hey, you know, you can't check social media. Well, you know, that means that I can't use my phone because, you know, it's, I get the updates that just come into my phone, you know, and, and, and human mm-hmm. nature. I mean, you're just thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just look, I just want to look at Facebook and see, you know, what my friends posted about so-and-so's birthday. Well, uh-huh. you know, but then the next thing that you might see could very well be an article about, you know, or even just somebody's comment about, you know, a, a case that's going on or a similar case or something. So it, uh, I, it's one of those things, you know, if, if I'm called to serve, I will always serve. You know, I see that as my civic duty, but oh, mm-hmm. if I couldn't be on Facebook and Twitter for a while, <laughs> you know, I'd have big, big problems. Um, but, we were laughing this week. In fact, my, my youngest daughter was home from school and spending some time with, with with my wife and I, and she was, she made a comment on. Um, she said, "Gosh, Dad, we've we've become tethered to these uh, to these things." And I said, "Yeah, I said they serve a great great purpose, but I said sometimes if we if we had to go without it, it would be tough. It sure would. Maybe with, we'd probably all suffer from social media withdrawals to some extent." So, well, and it is how we find out about things that are going on with our friends and our family, um, things that are going on in the community. You know, I logged into Facebook today and saw the reminders about the upcoming South Cobb Business Association meetings you know we've, mm-hmm. we've uh, you know all of those various things and to me though it has it is exactly like you said about your daughters it's been the default for where i get my med- my my news and so mm-hmm. i really have to stop and think wait a minute i need to go you know read the newspaper watch the tv news see what's going on in order to to see what's going on in the world let me give you a good example of, of that, the way that affects us. We, we, we literally, without getting into great detail, this office is handling a case of a, a particularly tough animal cruelty case. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a relatively new case. The, the allegations are from a late June date. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's been in, within a month mm-hmm. or less than a month. And um, we, have, there we have been inundated with, with petitions from across this country mm-hmm. uh, requesting that you know that we aggressively pursue this case and it's amazing to me that not that long ago that would never have happened right. um, you know people from from Idaho from Washington State from uh, from Texas reaching mm-hmm. out to this office in Cobb telling me as district attorney mm-hmm. we want you to pursue this case aggressively mm-hmm. and seek maximum punishment and it's just amazing with with that click of the button those people have been able to reach out to us and let us know how they feel mm-hmm. about the case and right. it's really interesting to me well, it's just an interesting dynamic and and it is you know it's so interesting and then you know the the problems that arise are you know say and and I'm not familiar with this particular case but mm-hmm. you know it, what I've seen happen with other cases like this whether it's you know animal cruelty or you know anything like this is is then somebody posts the wrong picture Mm-hmm. And inflames the situation even more, uh, you know. And and then it it just kind of goes from there. You know, I I saw that I you know I see that happen virtually every day where I know that is not the the right photo that should be going with that story. And you know, unfortunately, then what happens is people share it, thinking that it's the valid story, and and not realizing that it's not. Um, so that's got to make yeah. things really pretty difficult. Yeah, it's the same thing with what we mentioned a moment ago, and in, 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 at least in a courtroom. In a courtroom, uh, since we're all human, isn't perfect. But I will tell you that within the confines of that courtroom, 
their their evidentiary and legal standards, which are which have to be met. They have to be met, or otherwise, the evidence isn't admitted, and a jury can't take it into consideration. And you, once you step out of that courtroom, particularly mm-hmm. in something as as huge as as social media and the internet, where there's no uh, at least a limited amount of restrictions on what can be put on there, then yeah, you get you hear information that not only may not be be uh, held to an evidentiary standard. It just simply, as you said a moment ago, may not be true. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we certainly don't want that entering into anyone's mind mm-hmm. uh, uh, that affects their ability to do what they have to do within mm-hmm. the system. Well, and you know, once you've seen it or heard it, it, it you can't unsee it or unhear it. I mean, you know, and, it's and hard so to unring, yeah. hard to unring the bell. Right. That curious. that bell has rung. You know, and and mm-hmm. um, you know, and and that's where I'm sure that you know the the judge and the attorneys are very good about giving you know very specific instructions and and, and things mm-hmm. like that, which which helps. Yes, they do, and judges are really good about that. And the lawyers, it's their job too to make sure that the the instructions that they believe are appropriate for a jury are requested to the judge, so he or she can give those. And mm-hmm. and I know certainly here we're, we're blessed with a good bench in our county, and they're very very quick to uh, to to remind a jury uh, both before, during, and after the trial about what they can and can't do. Great. Well, we are already at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and, and take a quick break. But when we come back, let's talk about how um, various law enforcement agencies and, and, you know, are using social media actually in, you know, the, the act of, you know, researching people who have committed crimes or are posting about them. I, you know, I've, I found some great stories and, you know, I just mm-hmm. shake my head at what people post. But, you know, there, there are certainly other ways that, that, uh, Social media has been used to catch criminals, you know, all these various things. So when we come back, let's talk about that. Absolutely, Deb. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. MileHighRadio.com, just what the doctor ordered. Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Real life isn't like TV. Bad guys don't read scripts. When a crisis occurs, only solid training will be enough to potentially save your life and the life of your family. At Duty to Act, owned and operated by Navy SEAL Jimmy Graham, our focus is to make sure you have all the training you need to be the first and last line of defense against unwanted intruders. Duty to Act is a professional defense company that offers the best training in the world to prepare individuals to protect themselves and their family members against real-world threats of today. The Close Quarters Defense System is the world's best and most proven real-world defense system. Its foundation has been taught to our nation's most elite operators for the past two decades. Other classes we offer are active shooter response, home defense, women's defense, and more. Now, it's your turn. To find out more or to sign up for classes, find us online at dutytoact.com. That's dutytoact.com. Or call 720-644-7552. Remember, the life you save may be your own. 
Deb Creer, and we are talking with Vic Reynolds, the district attorney for Cobb County here in Georgia. I was kind of laughing at that last commercial. I don't know if that was appropriate. It was, it was good placement. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. So that was a Colorado based company, just for anyone who was wondering. But what we're talking about with Vic is how social media is used now in, you know, kind of investigations and, and things like that. And I found an example of a, a story today where there was an arson that was at, it looks like an individual's home and their home surveillance system actually recorded what happened. That was given to the police and they posted it on social media. And because of that video, people identified the suspects. Um, you know, to me, I think that's a great example of how social media has been a new tool. You know, and, and I'm sure they also ran it on television and, and things like that. But it, it's a way for information like that to get out to an even larger group of people. It, it is. Let me, I'll give you another great example. We're, we're doing a case, Deb, where we're, um, it's a, it's a, it's a all-encompassing, uh, white-collar embezzlement type case involving some allegations of probably between six to eight hundred fraudulent tax returns. Oh. And, um, and it, it's, a, it, it encompasses minimally three counties. Our county has stepped out and we're leading the prosecution and we'll be prosecuting it here in, in, uh, in, in Cobb County, and we read into some difficulty um, without going into great detail with the federal authorities. They they weren't comfortable cooperating with us, and so we we basically put the case together on a state level, and we had three had the photographs of three uh, potential suspects, but we didn't know who they were, and uh, and with the use of 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 uh, the standard TV. Uh, a couple of local channels did some stories on it and ran it, but we also utilized some law enforcement Facebook pages. And and I promise you, within a day and a half, we had all three suspects identified. Nice. And it's just amazing how that how it gets out. And uh, and off of one of those Facebook pages, we not only gathered a suspect, we had a specific address of that individual, and uh, it really helped further that investigation mm-hmm. and will ultimately to an indictment. So. It, it can be used very positively. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had discussions with people about exactly what their expectation of privacy is on social media. Um, and, and the discussions I've had with them has revolved around they've posted something that costs them a job or, mm-hmm. you know, all those various things because they're only connected with their, and I'm putting this in air quotes, friends. And, and I tell them, ah, 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 you're on a public website. And, you know, there, to me, I, I, I always say there is no expectation of privacy. You know, just expect that it's not private and you should never post anything there that you don't want the entire world, or in my case, my mother to see. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, can you use Facebook in an investigation? Um, you know, go back and look at somebody's posts and, and I've, I've got some examples here, but is that a tool now that, that you routinely use? 
Absolutely. Uh, it, it, in fact, uh, I'll take, give you a, a couple of ways we do that. Um, uh, one of the things that, that we do, particularly, particularly in gang activity prosecutions, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that because I think that is one of the top two areas where law enforcement has made and is making a dent by using social media in criminal mm-hmm. activity through gang through through certain prosecution of gang gang mm-hmm. members and and w- what law enforcement does particularly the the gang officers for example in our county we have a unit within the police department that is responsible strictly for gathering intelligence on gang members and ultimately mm-hmm. leading to prosecutions and facebook is dev is one of their main tools they use it is unbelievable it is and, and i'm glad they do but it is unbelievable what people will put on there oh, um, i know brag it bragging about criminal activity, bragging about potential criminal activity, about where fights are going to occur. Uh, it's amazing. And, uh, and and these officers, they peruse that on a daily basis. Um, and, and I'll give you a little bit more detail about that in a moment. Another area where I think we, we're really making some headway as far as law enforcement is concerned by using social media is the the crime the, any type of internet crime against a child mm-hmm. um we we have a unit here in our county it's called the ICAC I C A C internet mm-hmm. crimes against children the ICAC the acronym for it that's responsible for for helping find and arrest and ultimately prosecute individuals who commit internet crimes against children and and you know without being terribly graphic they're generally sexual in nature right. mm-hmm. and um and what we what we're doing them is is we have officers who are trained to go online and and it may be a 45 year old male detective sergeant in crimes against children may be acting like a 13 year old female mm-hmm. and uh, o- online trying to see whether or not any potential predator right. would would draw them out and try to engage them in conversation and things of that nature. And that happens every day. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we have a unit within our office, within the DA's office, that's responsible for prosecuting those crimes. And so we're gathering information off the Internet, off Facebook, off any social media. YouTube mm-hmm. uh, is a tremendous tool that's being used, particularly by gang activity investigators. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, and I tell folks, I've told both my daughters, I've told their friends, I used to tell clients, in, in, in my legal and practical opinion, you have virtually no expectation of privacy on that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and we certainly, uh, again, we you know, without we're not telling any trade secrets. Law enforcement peruses it, goes through it on a daily basis. I know certainly in our county we do. Right. Well, and I think parents especially need to. Be cognizant of what's going on with their kids on social media. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent, but anytime I give a seminar, I tell people, you know, if you have a child under the age of 18 who is on Facebook, you need to either be their friend there, you know, and, and there are parents who they want their kids to have that privacy, you know, that's, that's fine. But then they all, you know, if they're not going to be there, a trusted adult needs to be because, you know, Kids bless them, bless their heart. There, see, I can be southern. You know, they 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 don't understand that. Unfortunately, there are bad people, and you know, when we don't want them to learn those lessons too soon. Um, I have a friend who they uh, their daughter was on Facebook, 
And she was really good. I mean, you, know, you couldn't even tell what state she was in. And mm-hmm. they always, you know, looked at who her friends were and all sorts of things. But she was also a cheerleader at um, a high school in Colorado called Bear Valley High School. And she posted a picture one time of her in her cheerleading outfit. So it showed, you know, Bear Valley High School. Mm-hmm. My understanding is there's only one Bear Valley High School in the entire United States. And unfortunately, one of her friends was not a 16-year-old boy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 the story ends very well. You know, unfortunately, the man went after her, but she was able to, you know, yell and, and get somebody there, and he was arrested. But it's, it's a place where kids post things they shouldn't. You know, they, they post things mm-hmm. saying, Mom and Dad are gone for the day. You know, they think that's great, but they don't understand that, you know, they're, 13-year-old friend might have the icky stepbrother who's looking or, you know, somebody like that. And and so it's really important. And I think, you know, that parents need to be aware of that. I think it's also something, and, and I know that protection of seniors is kind of one of your your uh special areas of interest also, mm-hmm. you know, we need to, to be aware that, you know, somebody who's in their, you know, their senior years doesn't always understand. Maybe they shouldn't be posting their address, their, you know, date of birth, all of those things on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's it's good for, you know, the, the younger generations, you know, kind of us mid-level folks to kind of be monitoring that for the people who might get taken advantage of. You know, even inside this uh, prosecutor's office, we had an employee last week who came to me and told me that her elderly mother had been scammed uh, over uh, uh, an Internet program and somebody Mm -hmm. ended up getting her telephone number and reached out to her personally and pretended to be her uh, granddaughter in trouble and she sent Mm -hmm. $1,500 to an address. And Mm -hmm. it's a sad circumstance, but, uh, you know, this... One of the things that we're really involved in here, we're starting a new program, uh, reaching out to high school, middle school kids, their families, re- regards this, uh, 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 what we call sexting or sexploitation mm-hmm. over, over the phone and the internet where, uh, in particular, I don't, I don't mean this from a, from a gender bias point of view, but the majority of these folks who send out these these photographs and and pictures of themselves uh, that later end up being something they terribly regret. The majority of them are, are young females, and mm-hmm. uh, so we're trying to target that 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 demographic to tell tell these young girls that once that picture goes out, you may think it's going to somebody that you care about, and you may and they may care about them, and they may care about right. the young lady, but the reality is. It, there's a strong possibility it's not going to end there. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, once it's out there, Deb, you and I both know it, it's there. And we've had several circumstances of that we're, we're involved in the prosecution of a case now where a young man who was a high school senior pretended to be a, uh, a talent uh, agent uh, ah, who worked for mm-hmm. a modeling, modeling uh, group and, and, and got a number of, of young ladies to send uh, both both. Uh, regular and and somewhat intimate pictures mm-hmm. to him and and uh, blasted them out all over the internet and and we're in the process of prosecuting that individual so mm-hmm. it's it's a and, and it's a circumstance Deb, that can affect those folks from now on from mm-hmm. forever right we've heard some tragic stories of, of young ladies who, who literally got to the point where they didn't feel they had any alternative but but to harm themselves or even mm-hmm. take their own life in oh, yeah. mm-hmm. certain circumstances and so we we have to, I agree we have to be extremely 
cautious, and we, my wife and I both did that. We were friends, uh, particularly my wife on both my daughter's Facebook, still is, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 she sees the things that are on there, and uh, and and I understand, I respect the fact that you want your child to have a certain element of of privacy, but there's also a safety factor. And as parents, we we're, we're, we're ethically and principally and morally required to to provide that protection when we can also for the elderly as well that is mm-hmm. one of the areas we're extremely concerned about in this office and very involved in in the prosecution of, of, of folks who commit elder abuse crimes and and as an example i gave you a moment ago even within this office as much as we've pushed that to the forefront uh it's it's it still happens and so we need right. to be very diligent very mm-hmm. diligent in that area, in both those areas well, and seniors don't exactly understand the technology. Um, it's funny. I watched a video last week that was, it was a fabulous video. It was about high school kids who went to a senior center and they were helping them use social media. And, and the hundred year old gentleman thought that it was very cool, but he wanted to know how it worked. You know, how, how is this going mm-hmm. from there? You know, but they don't understand that it's very easy for somebody to go and copy someone's picture and set up a fake account. So maybe it is their granddaughter, their niece, you know, a friend of the family, whoever. And then they say, Hey, grandma, you know, grandpa, I, I need money for books or, you know, mm-hmm. I just, you know, and, and all of those things. So it's something that, you know, even people, you know, my age, can get caught up in those scams, and and so it's it's something to always check out. And I'm assuming that you know, no matter where someone is, if they know that there's a problem, they just contact their district attorney, right, and say, you know, this seems a little hinky. You know, not sure about this. Ab- absolutely, we can. Uh, most DA's office has has the ability and the authority to initiate investigations mm-hmm. within the office. The majority of investigations are done in the classic sense by law enforcement, by the police. I have a problem. I call the police. The police investigate. Mm-hmm. They decide to arrest. They send it to the DA. The DA prosecutes. Mm-hmm. But on occasion, the DA's office can get involved. We have a number of invest- certified investigators within our office, some that do white collar, some that do crimes against children, some that do just regular uh, regular prosecution of criminal statutes. So we can initiate Initiate matters here, and even if we get a get a call from a from a concerned citizen who thinks they may be a victim or something may be happening that shouldn't, if we can't do it here, we'll make sure they get to the correct law enforcement mm-hmm. agency or or, or um, uh, state agency that can help them. We've even done that. You know, we'll get a call sometimes from people in other counties or other states. You know, I get this information. Right. I believe they are in your county. Mm-hmm. And so we may have them initiate an investigation wherever they are. So if you'll reach out, wherever the person your listeners are, if they'll reach out to their prosecutor's office within their county, mm-hmm. I'm confident they'll get them to the right agency or entity that can help investigate a matter. Right. You know, and, and I don't think anybody should ever be concerned that, you know, it's it's going to, cause problems for them. Obviously, there's lots of ways to, to do things anonymously. But, you know, maybe I see a post that I think, oh, you know, that I wouldn't fall for that. But if I see that post, and, and I'm smart enough to know not to fall for it, there are other mm-hmm. people who do fall for it. So I encourage yeah. people, you know, forward that information. It's pretty easy to do a screenshot if you need to do that. You know, just click mm-hmm. and, and send those quick emails. You know, and, and at the very least, you know, you know, I, I kind of helped out. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. We also see episodes that are the opposite of that. Uh, when I was still living in Colorado, there was a case in, in, down in Colorado Springs where a gentleman had taken hostages 
And then for whatever reason, he was posting about it on Facebook <laughs> as mm-hmm. and actually live posting about what was going on. And so, you know, it, it, obviously the police were there and everything. But then his friends on the outside were also posting to him, hey, dude, don't go out the back door. There's four police officers there. <laughs> you know, so they Crazy. were being helpful. They were also prosecuted you know, because well, they, well, they should you know, be, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and, and so it's, it's funny when we see things like this come up. And, and of course, you know, as I mentioned at the very start of the hour, I love the Paul Harvey stupid criminal things, but <laughs> people do, they use these things to post all the time, whether it's something that could cost them their job. You know, I've certainly seen posts like that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. other ones, you know, I, I had sent you a link to some articles where, you know, this, this, it, it had, uh, uh, the top 15 real life Facebook criminals that, that were caught uh-huh. on Facebook. And so this mm-hmm. one gentleman, he's posting it from his cell phone. He ran over, it appears, a homeless man. And he's debating with his friends about whether he should go back and help. But, you know, maybe he's dead. <laughs> And and then and I shouldn't laugh about this because this is very serious. But his friends are telling him you need to call the police. And then his response was, "Well, but they'll arrest me." And then somebody responded and said, "You do realize this is public, <laughs> you know?" And he said, "Oh no, I only told my friends." And I'm pretty sure that one of those people then promptly picked up the phone and said, "Uh, you know, stupid friend time." Um, but you know, it's we we see that happen and sadly we see it happen. You know, that, that things like this, you know, are, are going on all the time. And, you know, we, we do, we laugh about it, but it is, you know, it is something that people should take serious. And, and like we said, it, this is a public forum. You know, don't think that just because you're posting to your friends that, you know, it's it, one of them. Now, I would hope that if, you know, I ever, you know, not that I would ever do anything illegal, but if I ever posted something like that, I would think that my friends who are, you know, upstanding people would, you know, tell me, hey, stupid, but then pick up the phone and, and report me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all, you know, we, we need to be aware of that. And, and, you know, whether it is something that is, you know, criminally liable or even civil, you know, or something that could cost you your job, just don't post it, people. You know, I, I, I every day, every single day, I see something where I think, ugh. <laughs> really, now, you know, nothing criminal, you know, nothing like that, but, but things where it could cost people their jobs, you know, the, I'm sneaking mm-hmm. home early, I hate my job, I'm stealing from the company, you know, those are always I my know. favorites. Um, one of the examples it, I use in, in my job seminars was a, a gentleman who had applied for an executive level position. And he had a really good Facebook page where he was showing how committed he was to the community, you know, good family life, all those things. His LinkedIn account was, of course, stellar. But, you know, and, and so then he got the job. So they, they made him an mm-hmm. offer. He accepted. And this was, you know, one of those uh, salaries that started with a two and had lots of numbers after it. So this was mm-hmm. not an inexpensive thing. Then they looked at his Twitter account. And his Twitter account, he's talking about the fact that he hates his job. Okay, you know, we all on occasion hate our job, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you still shouldn't post that. But then he's posting, they underpay me so I steal from them. Now, he wasn't stealing money. He was stealing, you know, paper and and things. But, but of course, the thought process is if you steal something little, then it can easily escalate to something bigger. Mm -hmm. So not only did they rescind their job offer, they called his employer, you know, and and so it got him fired from his other job. And he was just amazed. You know, I, I remember seeing an article where he said, really, they checked out my Twitter account. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, whether it's, you know, a position where you're working at a convenience store up to, you know, a C-level type of position, people should just expect that they're going to be checked out on social media. I mean, you know, they're doing their due diligence. They want mm-hmm. good employees. You know, we, we got a great example of that. My oldest daughter recently graduated from Georgia Tech here in Atlanta and, uh, and as she, she said, Dad, when she went out and began interviewing with these Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, she said they wanted to know about my Facebook and my mm-hmm. Twitter account. They wanted to see it. Right. Um, I, I read an article the other day, Deb, about it, it involved, uh, the, I believe it was in New York State where, where it may have been, in fact, it may have been in the city, one of the boroughs where they had popped and arrested 63 gang members. And oh. as they traced the investigation back, mm-hmm. the initial break in the case came over Twitter mm-hmm. where, where somebody was bragging. We shot so-and-so, a member of a gang. <laughs> and, and one of the detectives was, uh, gave a great analogy. He said, Twitter is, is this generation's ver- version of our old walkie-talkies. Remember right. how we used to have the walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and of course, you know, ours maybe maybe wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't range outside of uh, out of your yard, but now Twitter's everywhere, and mm-hmm. uh, and these detectives um, went, went online, uh, read some Facebook uh, accounts, some Twitter accounts, literally got a confession, a, a virtual confession, mm-hmm. where somebody had said we, you know, using the slang they used, but basically the bottom line was they had shot another gang member, had bragged about it mm-hmm. through social media that. Busted the investigation open. Ultimately, they arrested 63 people Ugh. based on that single mm-hmm. uh, right. social media account they had found. So, yeah, know, and, people, and, it's amazing what people do. Well, I'm I'm looking at an example here where this gentleman had been charged with rape, and he moved. So then he posts on the sheriff department's website, "Ha ha, I've moved." <laughs> You can't get me. And their response is, it doesn't matter where you are because the warrant will cross state lines. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I'm like, really? You know, but uh, the thing that people also don't understand is if we're reading something, we don't understand, are they joking? You know, were they doing mm-hmm. this just to be funny? And law enforcement has to take these seriously. You know, I saw, uh, and and I believe this young man is now out on bail, but this was a, a situation where several weeks, uh, several months ago, actually, this young man had posted on his Facebook page that he was going to go to a school and shoot up a bunch of kids, just like they did mm-hmm. here in, in uh, out in uh, recently in this area, or not in this area, mm-hmm. but in in further east. And of course, he was arrested. You know, which you know he should have been. Everybody mm-hmm. kept saying he was joking, but you don't know that context when you're reading that. Um, no, you know, and, you and that's what people don't understand. So whether they're saying, hey, I'm stealing from my employer and ha ha, it was just a pencil, or mm-hmm. I'm going to do something criminal, it has to be taken seriously. Um, you know, and, and because the second it's not, they were serious. You know, it's just like if you, if you overhear somebody saying something, you know, you need to take those seriously. You know, we actually, and you, you're probably aware of this. Some of your your, your, reader, your listeners may not be, but that there's a term, uh, for, particularly with gang ac- activity members on there who go back and forth on Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook about what they're going to do or what they have done. They call it internet internet banging, b a n g i n g internet mm-hmm. banging. It's mm. it's where they where, where they boast and brag about. Uh-huh. 
what they've done, what they're going to do. Some of it's true, some of it isn't. Mm-hmm. But but law, as you said a moment ago, law enforcement has no way of knowing what is and isn't true, and uh, and they're required to conduct investigations on on anything they believe is a viable lead in a in a criminal matter. And uh, and yeah, folks. Um, Folks need to be extremely cautious about what they. On from a selfish point of view, you know, we still want the bad guys to do that because mm-hmm. it helps us, helps us uh, lead to arrest and ultimately prosecutions and convictions. But, but people people need to be extremely cautious what they. But particularly if they're if they're just bragging and they're not being, the the information isn't true. We, we've had mm-hmm. a couple of cases like that where kids have threatened to do something, and in reality, once we investigated, they, they probably were not going to do it. But the threat. Right. Itself, mm-hmm. the threat itself, death can be charged as an attempt, mm-hmm. a criminal attempt to commit right. a crime, mm-hmm. and so they're still in a mess either way. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so we'll, we'll end stuff on a positive note because you know mm-hmm. social media really is such a good way for people to get good information out there. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to look very quickly at uh, the Cobb uh, Chamber uh, or not the Cobb Chamber, the Cobb County website because mm-hmm. they're providing such good information there. And I know that you know no matter where our listeners are. It is something that, you know, they should look at the websites for their various, uh, areas where they live, um, to see these, this information. So, you know, here's Cobb County government. They're talking about a police station that's holding a community meeting and giving all that information. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you know, it, it rained here on the 4th of July, you know, big surprise to those people who mm-hmm. are not in Atlanta. And so it's telling about when the fireworks have been rescheduled. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I love social media because it's it's good and it's bad, you know. And, and the nice thing is the good overweighs and and outweighs the bad, you know. But Absolutely. but we do need to to be aware of those things. But yeah, it's you know it really is great. You know, here's a program just exactly what we were talking about. It's a so it's Cobb County, a free senior safety awareness class. Now I'm not mm-hmm. sure you know what the details are of this class, but you know hopefully they are covering things like internet and email and you know all of those various things because it is something that we all need to be aware of. Um, so we're Amazingly, at the top of the hour, we definitely will have you back on, because, especially once you get the site launched, so that we can talk Absolutely. about what you're going to be doing on it. One last tip for people who are, are listening about, you know, what they should be doing or not doing on social media. Well, I, I would I often tell I would tell them the same thing I've told both both of my daughters raising them, and I said, you know, when you put something on there, make sure that you you you're, you you have some practical idea that somebody you care about, a parent, a sibling, a friend, your boss is looking at it while you're putting it on because the likelihood is somebody that cares about you will eventually see it. Mm-hmm. And so if if when you when you put it on there, if you if you if you use social media uh, in a positive sense, it's a tremendous tool, Dale. It's informative. It helps people learn about their community, about their friends, about their family, about each other, uh, and and it's a valuable tool. It can be used as with as with anything in a negative sense, but as a general rule, the positive far outweighs the negative. And I would just tell folks to make sure when they do it, they do it in a positive way, and uh, if if they use the media, the social media that way, it'll benefit them. And Great. thank you for having me today. It was oh, a tremendous honor to be with thank you. Thank you. This has been fabulous. Um, you know, as as I said, we will definitely have you back on when you launch the page so that we can talk to mm-hmm. people about what your goals are, you know, how you're going to be managing it, all those various things. Because I think that's, you know, even though it's a government entity, it also applies to businesses. You know, how mm-hmm. you run all of those is exactly the same whether you're in business 
or looking for a job or just posting, you know, fun stuff about what your family's doing. It all does kind of tie together. So again, Vic, thank you so much. And to everyone else, have a fabulous week and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. MileHighRadio.com, just what the doctor ordered. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.